making a thousand phone calls a day to random lists that convert at super low percentages, that's dead and it should be. The idea is outbound is alive and well when it is targeted. Welcome to the Sales Prescription Podcast with Ron Halbert and Rusty Jensen. You know, there's all kinds of problems that can prevent you from being successful personally and professionally. And we are here to write you some highly effective and broad spectrum sales prescriptions. And all you have to do is fill them. You know, today we've got a very special guest, which is Mr. Derek Keller, who is the vice president of global business development at GoTo, which is formerly LogMeIn. Derek has extensive experience in sales development sales. He has worked at great companies like RingCentral. He's run sales development organizations at TalkDesk, at Weave. So a lot of software companies that have been very successful, and a lot of that's part and due to what Derek has done. And so we're very happy to have him here. He's a phenomenal sales development leader, and we're excited to hear what he has to say. You know, Rusty, I've known Derek for a long time. And how I know him, and most people may not know this about me, but I own firework business on the side. A little side gig selling explosives. No big deal. <laughs> But Derek is quite the pyro. He loves fireworks. He used to come into the store all the time. He lo- I mean, I'm talking a lot of fireworks. He knows how to throw a well, firework party. Well, I like Derek even more now. Yeah. See? He's, uh, he can do some stuff. So we got, we got to be friends over time. And he was working at CHG and he's doing recruiting. I'm like, dude, you got to get into software. He's like, no, man, this is, I'm recruiting <laughs> doctors, recruiting hospitals. This is where it's at. I'm like, no, dude, you got to get into the software. You got to give it a try. How long did it take me to persuade you to do that? I feel like we talked about that for years, didn't uh, we? I mean, at least one or two years. Yeah, like one or two years. Yeah. yeah. But eventually, he made the switch over, right? He's over to the dark side now. That's so right. Recruit him to the dark side of software. Speaking of that, it took a while to get you to get into software. It's know? true. That's I mean, true. We had to convince you to come in. You know, you were, you were cutting meat. Very exciting. <laughs> you know, I can see the primal side of me enjoying that yeah, job. You know, exactly. I think what happens is sometimes we just get stuck in one way and we aren't unwilling to look outside of what we're doing. But anyway, I think it was the right calling for Derek because he is not only a fantastic leader, but he knows his stuff when it comes to sales and sales development. And we were talking a while back, Derek and I, about this movement on social media. So I want to start by asking Derek about this movement. But There's this movement of like influencers that talk about outbound is dead. Derek, walk me through why you think this is a movement today and your opinion on it. Well, I mean, up front face value, it's catchy. It catches people's eyes. It's the pain point of every BDR, SDR, ADR, whatever you want to call the organization's existence where they're like, it's the hardest part of our job, which is outbound calling or outbound prospecting. So it's a good leverage point where they're like, Hey, it's dead. And everyone's like, Oh yeah, I don't want to do it anymore. <laughs> Great. <laughs> awesome. Everybody wants to avoid it. Yeah. <laughs> but I think the reality is there is a point in that movement that is dying. So it is a little bit clickbait, you know, as they do it and they have to have something so they can sell the personalization. I mean, if you talk to any of them, it's a personalization, personalization, which is great, but they're not giving the full context around it. Right. What I love about that is it's like, if you tell me that eating sugar is good for me, that's what I want to hear. Oh, I'm jumping in. That's what I want to hear. Hand me a, hand me an M&M, <laughs> you know, like the, I'm, I'm all for that. Right. But it's because it's what I want to hear. So sometimes I think influencers use what we want to hear, not necessarily what we need to hear to drive us. And not to mention the news. Yeah. Right. Yeah, for sure. Any kind of social media, that's what drives the algorithm. Right. Yep. So clickbait is not necessarily what's going to make you successful. 
So we got to focus on, on the right kind of prescriptions. But, you know, before we get too far into this, let's talk about what is dead, though. Because people talk about, you know, outbound being dead. Let's talk about what is dead or should be dead. What are some of the things you see people doing from a prospecting perspective that are just not okay? They're just a recipe for failure. I love that question. First, you add me on LinkedIn and then send me three to six page report of why I should buy your product <laughs> on integration. Like, buy me dinner first. Say hi. Diagrams. Like, you know, say, hey, how are you? Like a basic one center, I will at least read it. I guarantee if someone sends me one sentence on LinkedIn, I will read it. And I probably have a 60% chance that I'll reply, which you send me a paragraph, you have a 0.0000001%. I'm going to reply. There's no chance. Or even read it. I won't read it. I'll probably just delete it. Yeah. I mean, we even say similar things when it comes to emails, right? Like LinkedIn is more personal. I think you're going to get probably more views on your LinkedIn. At least that's for me. I, I read most of what I get on LinkedIn, but oftentimes I just, I shouldn't say read it. I open it. If it's multiple paragraphs, I don't read it. So that's definitely dead for sure. I think there's a lot of things that are dead from an outbound perspective. And one of them as well, in my opinion, is list dialing. When you spin around in a circle, stab a phone book with your finger, I'm going to call that guy, right? right? There's some stuff like that that we do that I think at certain companies, they're not prescriptive. Well, speaking of the sales prescription with who they're going to call or why they're calling. They don't have a good persona. They don't have those types of things. So those things are dead in my opinion. It's not like it used to be there. You know, you know, it gets my attention is when I get an email at uh, 2 30 AM on a Saturday, you know, <laughs> Hey, you got, you got a minute to talk. <laughs> it's like, no, the spam, like the obvious spam. Right. And it's, and you get the exact same email Sunday morning, at, you know, from a different guy. Right? Yeah. It doesn't work. Well, and have some integrity in it as well. Like understand who you're talking to. Like I got one yesterday, I got an email and he's like, Hey, I left you a voicemail and this is why I'm calling you. And I check my phone. I don't have a voicemail. I don't have a call. I'm like, so I just like, what number did you call? And he's like, this number. I'm like, so you pulled this customer support number from the website and just sent that to me. <laughs> like, but like, if you had had integrity and just owned it and been like, Hey, sorry, honestly, that's part of one of our scripts. I sent that out. No, I didn't call. I'd be like, Hey, let's jump on a call. Yeah. Thanks for being honest. Thanks for having yeah. some integrity in what you do. Like, I don't know if this is just me, but like, you know, being in sales, being in sales development, when people call me and leave voicemails, I respond to the email. And I I hear this all the time from reps. They say, well, Ron, no one ever answers the phone. Why would I call when no one answers the phone? They all respond to my email. Well, you know, something interesting is Salesloft did a study on that. And when combined with a voicemail, the chances of reply to the email goes up by 350%. So yeah, they may not answer, but if you want to get more email responses, you talk about dialing with it. And and that kind of moves us to this. Like I would say that's kind of a big difference between premier outbound and what is dead from a outbound perspective, like outbound is dead scenario. What are some things, Derek, that you found that are premier outbound? And here's the thing. It's definitely not dead. We're driving millions and millions of dollars of business every year. Each of us in different organizations through outbound prospecting can't be dead. Yeah, can't I mean, be dead if hundreds of millions of dollars are being generated from it. You know, if, right? if it was dead, nice to be in a lot of trouble. Yeah. Right? Because we 
generated 65% of our pipeline in the last quarter from outbound prospecting. And it was up 106% year on year. Yeah. So when you look at that, it's like, okay, yeah, I can, I can statistically tell you as a matter of fact, when you do it right, it's definitely not dead. Yeah. So, so Derek, what is this premier outbound? Cause I think that you embody like what premier sales development is overall and how is that separate from what's dead? Yeah. I mean, separating simply is silo prospecting versus an integrated prospecting process. If you are silo prospecting, there is no coordination between marketing. There is no coordination between AE, BDR. Messaging is generalized. It's no, there's no timing. There's no thought. There's no execution on it. Then when you get to like an integrated, like you mentioned it, how do I get my voicemail in a multi-threaded approach that my voicemail is now tying to my email? My email is tying to my phone call. My LinkedIn message is tying to my email and everything is intertwined that they know, like a prospect knows that I am strategically reaching out to them in a thoughtful way, rather than it being, here's a spam article, here's a spam ebook, here's this. And I think that's the biggest difference is now my voicemail may sound something like this, you know, Hey Ron, don't give me a call back. Uh, I sent you over an email. Go ahead and view that. By the way, this is Derek from GoTo. Pattern breaker. I'm literally just asking you to go check my email. Why? Because I know you're not going to listen to a one minute and 30 second voicemail where I pitch my product to you. So I'm going to push you to somewhere where naturally maybe that medium's easier for you to respond to me in. Might be email, might be text, might be phone call, but it allows me to catch that person in the right medium because I don't know what that is. How do you like to respond if I'm talking to an IT professional? They may be introverted and they don't want to talk on the phone, but I need to be able to use all methods. Yeah, what's a great measure about that? I mean, that's what the way you left that voicemail, you talk about that voicemail. It's exactly the way that I would talk to one of my colleagues. So if I was calling to talk to my boss, if I was calling to talk to Ron, I would just say the same thing. Hey, you don't need to call me back. I just sent you an email. Go ahead and check it out. And that gets people's attention because you're talking to them like a normal human, a normal colleague. And it makes a lot of sense versus trying to sell them something. And you're not going to sell them in an email or a voicemail. You have to get on the phone and have a conversation. Yeah. I mean, we've, we've mentioned this before, right? Like a lot of the goal of what you're trying to do here is you're trying to get the people you're reaching out to, to see you as a person, not as an entity. So you don't want them to see you as the go-to entity over at go-to where Derek is today. You want them to see you as a human being that works for go-to that's trying to do their job because I can relate to a person that works for a company that's just trying to do their job. Right. And when I see you as a human, it's actually more difficult for me to not respond because now I feel kind of like a jerk. Like, man, this is a real person spending time at a computer trying to reach out to me, calling me, leaving me voicemails, sending me emails, sending me, you know, maybe even Vidyard videos, sending me uh, social touches on LinkedIn. They are clearly spending a lot of time to connect with me. And it's a real person. And now I'm like, oh man, I don't want that person to waste their time. But it's very easy for me if I think that there's any glimmer of automation, any at all, any glimmer, don't expect a response. Mm-hmm. Doesn't hurt their feelings. No, doesn't hurt automation feelings. Automation does not have feelings. <laughs> exactly. Right. So I don't feel guilty at all about deleting an email that is five paragraphs long because I know there's n- <laughs> there's not a guy that's typing five paragraphs at his computer to everybody he's reaching out to today. I'm like, that's clearly automation. You know what I mean? 
Yeah. Yeah. Right. If, if they are, they're sending approximately four emails per day. Right. Right. That just isn't happening. And and so it's very easy. That's why like length carries so much weight because it's just very easy for me to say, oh, automation, regardless of the content and how well worded it is. It's just when I see it, I'm like, that's automation. That's not a person. Yeah. I like that. Being that came from the medical field originally before I even I was going to be a doctor coming out of college. And one of the things when I was working in the OR is you look at whenever they did a surgery, they would drape off everything but that location. And like there would be a drape all the way up to the head. So the anesthesiologist was only focused on the face. And the reason why was because they had to dehumanize that individual so they could make harder decisions because they're focusing on just that spot. Wow. And we're doing the opposite as BDRs. We're trying to take the drapes down and humanize ourselves because it's harder for people to be rude or not engage with us if they see us as a human. So I think that goes exactly what you're saying. Powerful. That's very powerful. And, you know, in the past, we've talked a little bit about multi-threaded prospecting and having sales developers go at people and utilize a whole bunch of different channels, different angles, different approaches. So tell us a little bit about that and why that's so important when you're prospecting. Yeah, I think it's just the prospects are busy. You know, life is different. You mean, especially now that it's a lot of it's virtual, you have different mediums There's social media, TikTok. I mean, there's so much going on buying for attention. And then you add in the email craze. There's outreach or sales off. There's HubSpot. I mean, there's all these companies that are just automating, automating and throwing stuff. That's not a bad thing if you use it and leverage it correctly. So now we got to be at a point where we have to think differently. We have to work with marketing where we didn't have to before. We have to leverage like so when marketing is using their billboards, their social ads, their LinkedIn ads, we got to know what they're sending and we got to build and time that. So, okay, they ran their brand recognition ad for you know two weeks. All of a sudden, BDRs begin their prospecting, engaging and their messaging, maybe more high level, a little bit more automated, but less becomes more SQL or more lower in the funnel, like a little bit more directed. And then the AEs sequence begins and theirs is going to be personalized. It's going to be more touch points because it is more direct. And we expect that from our AEs where they're not doing a hundred percent of their time prospecting. So now when they engage and theirs kicks off and the triggers kick, now they're doing more of a personalized reach out. And that's where we got to flow from where we're going from like brand where it's high level top of funnel. And as we work down to the bottom funnel and it's using all those mediums. And I think disclaimer, all these mediums are making the phone call, right? All these things are facilitating the phone call. So it's not like, Hey, we're not calling anymore. It's like that call is so crucial more than ever, but we have to be able to get to it. How do we get it? We got to use all the tools around us. See, I love that, that these multi-threaded interactions are facilitating a phone call. And that's perfect messaging because that's, that's what we want to do as, as salespeople. We want to get on the phone. That's the value that we actually provide is our ability to talk to people, connect with them, help them feel comfortable, help them feel that we're competent to help build trust. That's that value in getting on that phone call. Now, as you talked about that too, you were discussing other departments. You're talking about sales, engaging with BDRs, kind of in partnership and presenting material. I think as you, we get into kind of a top tier account-based marketing approach and an account-based prospecting approach, I think it involves even more, even beyond the sales developer, or the salesperson. Talk to me about how other departments can get involved in this process and how that becomes successful when you have lots of different angles. Yeah. I mean, as you identify, like, especially in a true ABM process, we're identifying who are our top prospecting accounts. We know, we know why we're targeting them. They're in our niche. 
We know there are ICP. We've analyzed their entire database. Like we know these are the people we need to be reaching out to these companies and they're the people we're trying to sell. So that's one. And then we share that list. Everyone needs to know where we're targeting because if we don't, and you know, I have the BDR prospecting, AE's prospecting, marketing's high level events are inviting whoever they're inviting. But if those are all coordinated and we have like a governance committee or someone coming in and we're like, Hey, we are going top tier attacking these companies. Here is our approach. This is where marketing kicks in day one. Here is where field events are going to start generating local roundtables. Here's step two. Here's where BDR engagement begins. Here's where AE engagement begins. Here's where our social influence begins. And so now these are all coordinating and it feels like people are going to feel that all of a sudden they're driving. They're seeing a billboard of us. They get to their water cooler. They're seeing an Instagram ad and now they get a phone call, decline it. You know, It, it becomes a story and then their CEO reaches down to him and says, Hey, have you heard of this company? Yeah, like they, all of a sudden, because we're not all going for one title. You may have the AE going CEO. You may have the BDR going for a director. Marketing is doing an entire brand thing because more people involved, the more likelihood that's going to happen and the stickier it is. One thing I loved is Derek, you once told me a story about a local Utah company that you thought was huge, <laughs> but actually wasn't huge. Tell us that story here, because I think that speaks to exactly what you're talking about here, because there are ways that small businesses can seem like they are the IBMs of the world because they're doing true ABX where they're encircling the account they want to work. They want to get into and everyone at that account sees them everywhere they turn. Right. Yeah. So this actually happened to me personally. It was a company called Ambition and they were prospecting me and I had no idea who they were. And I was getting an email. I was getting phone calls. I was getting LinkedIn ads. I was getting social ads. I was entrapped in this messaging, but it wasn't overbearing in any way. It was very personalized. It was very personal re outreach. And they eventually got me on the phone and I was like, Hey, I know who you are. I know why you're calling because he provided his phone number on his email. He told me he was going to call tomorrow. His social ads were targeted at me. All these things kind of came into play what we're talking about. So I answered the phone when I talked to him. Yeah. So, so that, and that allows that company to really punch above their weight. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one of the things I've heard from BDRs and leaders in the past is that when you have a small company, it's really hard for you to get attention because you don't have a big brand because you're not Oracle. You're not Microsoft. You're not nice right? Or go to, you're, you're not a big company with a big brand, but smaller companies that are aggressive when they do a really good account-based prospecting program, just like it, you mentioned ambition, it allows them to really show presence in those accounts and it makes them feel like they're really, really well established. And so when it comes to small organizations, this isn't just a big organization function. This is small organizations that make themselves look big and, and they can really be very powerful in their messaging when they do this. As a buyer, if I'm tying my organization's success to a software in some way, if we're saying, hey, we're going to buy this and we're going to make it a part of what we do and I'm tying my success to that, really, I don't want to think in my mind they're a startup trying to figure stuff out. I don't want to believe that, right? Because because that's scary because now I'm like, ooh, do I want to tie my success to a startup that's just getting going and they may not have things figured out yet? And if they fail, I fail. That's tough to hit your wagon to that horse. Right. Yeah. But oftentimes those small companies are like, 
And when you see him on social, I go, there's, there's ads showing up on LinkedIn. You know, I'm getting emails, I'm getting phone calls with voicemails. I'm seeing billboards on the freeway. I'm like, man, that must be a decent sized company. So even if it is smaller, I'm no longer thinking, oh man, I'm hitching my wagon to a startup that might not have things figured out yet. Right. Yeah. So one of the things that I think people say when they say outbound is dead is a lot of people are just saying cold calling is dead. So just calling people cold out of the blue. Now, I would tend to agree depending on how you are choosing who to cold call. So I'll say this, right? We generate at Conga a lot of pipeline through cold calling. I've done it at previous organizations as well. However, I do think the most important aspect of cold calling is prioritization. And it can't just be cold calling alone. It's got to be the multi-threaded approach. So how is it at GoTo? How do you prioritize which accounts to target, which contacts to target, which leads, so forth and so on? What does that prioritization engine look like at GoTo? Or I know you're new to GoTo, so like it may be in an ideal scenario. What do you think it should look like? Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll speak to both. I mean, it all comes out of context. I think you nailed it. Is like, who are we calling and why are we calling? That is the winning equation. And then if you're in a company, you're like, I have no idea who we're calling is go back in your system. Look at who you're winning and why you're winning. What companies, what industries have I won in? And what were the titles that those people that bought? Like that is the easiest way to go find out like who do I need to target? And then once you know who like the term ICP is, who your ideal candidate is, then you know where to start dialing, then build a list of that. And then I think from there, it's like, how do I level that up to make that list even better when I'm calling on it? That's where like tools like outreach sells off different stuff come into play is they have triggers built in. You start your email campaigns and they behaviorally respond, right? Let's say they open my email once. What if I have an entire list, 200 people that open my email? Like those are warm in a way. And now I'm calling director or VP, the right titles. They have some behavioral influence. And now as I'm calling these, these aren't really a true cold call anymore. So there's, there's a way of like micro marketing for BDRs where we can warm stuff up to a point where we're going to give our best chance to succeed. And I think that's the key is like, Hey, grabbing an old content syndicate list and dialing down it with that doesn't have proper titles and you have no idea who you're calling. Yeah. I don't know if that's most productive time. You know, you may get some from there because I mean, content syndicate has a 2% effective rate or 4% depending on the industry. You know, however, what if you could call hundred directors that you know are your ideal candidates that you know, can make decisions and have some behavioral influence to you, which list would you rather call? 100%. ICP, ideal customer profiles, is the key, right? And SDRs, BDRs, even AEs out there, it's tough for you to develop your own ICP, your ideal customer profile yourself. There are ways that you can do it. And the way that you do it is by looking at the closed one business. So look at the people that have purchased your product And look at the main contacts that were part of that purchase decision. Now, hopefully you work for an organization where marketing or, you know, there's some other people that are kind of doing that process for you to help build that ICP out. But if you don't, that's really how you have to target it from a contact perspective. Then beyond the contacts, there's a lot of accounts in the world. There's a lot of companies out there. You know, if you're selling B2B, there's a lot of companies out there that, you can focus on how do you decide which account to target first, second, third, fourth, as you go through. Cause first thing I think you have to do is identify the account. 
Once the account is identified, then you identify the ideal customer profiles within that account because there may be more than one, right? Like it might, you might not be selling to one title. It may be like three or four different titles within an organization. Are you guys using a tool or have you used a tool in the past to prioritize the account portion of this before you get to the contacts? Yeah. I mean, there's a few tools out there. One of them, obviously you have the big data holders, DB and Dunbrad Street is what it's called. And then Zoom Info. I mean, you have a few that will allow you to do that. You can build work lists. A lot of it is knowing your Salesforce, like, or whatever your CRM is, is identifying that and then pulling it through. It's an easy way to do it in these tools. Like Zoom Info yeah. is awesome. Like you can break down custom lists. You can look at what's in your Salesforce. You can even sort out in that list things that aren't in your Salesforce. So you can really have a pure list of like, hey, I know this industry and I know this title hits. I really want to go after something that's net new, not in our system. So you can do that. You can filter out that and have a very customized list. I like to do it at the account level because then from there, I'm just picking the contacts that I'm putting into my place. Mm-hmm. So it's, I think it's almost easier targeting an account going, hey, here's the account we want. Now I begin canvassing and researching that account. Yeah. Derek, we should talk after this because there's some really cool companies out there that can actually look at fit and intent to help you prioritize your accounts. And what fit means is they look at like thousands of data points within your current customers. And then they look at people that are not customers and they look to see what matches those same data points. Right. And then they also look at intent. So they look for, you know, surges when people are surging at Googling your software, right? Some of the intense third party. Like Six Sense. Yeah, Six yeah. Sense is one of those. There's there's some really good companies out there that do that for you. And and that's what I love is as a rep, you know, hopefully if you work for a company that provides something like this, it can really help you become targeted on the account level. And then you just need to get really good at moving contacts that are applicable and tied to the ICP into your cadences, sequences, your sales plays essentially. So I think as, as sales developers are listening to this and they're hearing this, one of the key words that Derek just said that I think needs to stick in your mind is this concept of micro marketing. I love that because a lot of times you'll sit down and you'll say, ah, marketing's not giving me leads or marketing's not doing, you just have to understand what the marketing motion is, which is what we've talked about. You target your ideal customer profile you start prioritizing which accounts you're going to go after. You start prospecting into them. And as, as you start seeing results, as you start seeing opens, as you start seeing engagement, you continue to further prioritize into that area. So as a sales developer and as even a manager of a sales development team where you feel like you don't have control, you do have control. There is a lot of things that you can do to actually improve your success rate and be successful here. And so Derek, talk to us about some of the, the individual sales developers and salespeople that might be listening, you know, there are no shortcuts. You have to make calls. You have to do research. How does a rep kind of maximize success and find the balance between spending a lot of time doing this micro marketing and this research versus actually taking action and prospecting? And I mean, how do, how do you find the balance to really maximize success? Yeah. So I think breaking it into three main buckets, I mean, the BDR, SDR motion, the funnel is very similar to the sales motion funnel or the marketing funnel. It's just where does it map in? Well, you have the marketing funnel, which is like pre-MQL that comes in. Once it hits MQL, that enters typically the BDR's realm. And every lead is not created equal. 
you have to define where is it at? Is it in the top of funnel inside of our funnel? Is it middle bottom? And then typically bottom is where the transition or handoff happens to the AE. So if we're understanding where we're at in the funnel, we know how to interact with it. And same thing with prospecting. Am I filling each funnel correctly? I think a lot of BDRs and EEs really focus middle bottom. They spend most of their time doing that. So when I mentioned micro marketing, I'm saying, hey, what are you doing to fill your own top of funnel? What are you doing? Not marketing, not what marketing is doing, but what are you doing? Like, are you dropping 40, 50 people into, let's say, more of a brand recognition campaign that your development team has created that you are watching behavioral points and making triggers? So as those come in, we talked about that earlier, you have the right contacts in there and maybe they're not a company you're targeting for two months. You're like, hey, we're not targeting these guys until next month or next quarter, but let's drop all these contacts into a top of funnel and see if they engage. Wow. They engage urgent tasks created. Now they're in your middle to bottom funnel. So I'm feeding myself. I am now not just having the targeted, what I'm doing, my manual steps, my phone calls, my LinkedIn, all those other mediums. I have something working in the background for me. I'm literally building a, or my own micro marketing pipeline that is generating that to myself. So I think that's the kind of the key when I say that it's for AEs and BDRs. And if you're new, it's like, how do I feed myself and have something happening in the background and extend my reach? Cause we know manually how many activities can I do in a day? You know, let's say 50 emails, 50 sequences added, 50 phone calls, 50 LinkedIn ads, 50 text messages, you know, 250 plus activities I could do right. Roughly let's say, yeah. So, you know, expand that over a week. How do I triple that, quadruple that? How do I make my reach bigger? Yeah. What I love about this too is I hear all the time from from reps, they say, I just don't have time to do it all. Like, I just don't have time to make phone calls. I'm too busy. But what I tell them is if you don't have time to do that part of the multi-threaded campaign, then you have too many leads you're working. You're working too many contacts. Because you mentioned those 250 activities, right? 50 LinkedIn ads, 50 phone calls, 50 emails. A lot of those things are to the same contact. So I'm only working 50 contacts today, but I'm doing multiple things for those 50 contacts, you know, as an example, right? So I think you need to be careful because I think a lot of SDR, BDRs, AEs, people selling and prospecting, they want to get as many things in their pipeline as they can. I've no joke found SDRs that have previously worked for me that have had 3000 contacts in cadences sequences, trying to prospect into them. And I even had one who never made less than 120 dials a day. He was a machine, but Think about how long it took him to get back to the first person he called. He called somebody on January 1st. Now he has to go all the way through his list of 3000 contacts before he gets back. And even at 120 dials a day, it's still taking him 25 days to get back to the first person to call. So now he's only calling people once a month, essentially once every 25 days. It's just too much. You need to be able to choose your accounts, prioritize your accounts, focus on those accounts, focus on your ideal customer profile within those accounts. And yeah, like the more dials I make in a day, the bigger my pipeline can be, but you got to be realistic. Well, and, and the other thing too, is it's also math. If you're not good at prioritizing, but you are good at outpulsing a lot of volume, think about how wild this is. If I've got 3000 contacts in the account, if I put out 3000 activities, so emails, calls, and I hit all 3,000 of those people every day and they converted half a percent. 
if I took some time and just prioritized a list and I converted that list at 5%, you're talking about a 10x impact. So to put that into like equivalency, you're talking about the difference between 300 activities and 3,000, where somebody could outpull 600 activities and do double the productivity. When you look at those numbers, and you kind of get a perspective on it. When you prioritize and you target the right things, you do your market marketing, you get organized, but then you also apply activity, the right amount of activity, you can create leverage where you're, you're very successful. Rusty, that is what's dead. What's dead is, hey, Mr. or Mrs. Sales developer or prospector, how do you become more successful? Just go make more phone calls. That is dead. Phone calls have to be made. You will not be successful as a prospector over long periods of time without phone calls. You can do the whole spray and play, spray and spray and pray right. mentality, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like and and like send you know fifteen thousand emails a day, but that's not scalable. It doesn't work. You can do that as an individual person, but what happens once you get to seventy five SDRs and it's not a scalable process over time? What's scalable is targeting. But I'm telling you, what Rusty just said, it means a lot. That is dead. Making a thousand phone calls a day to random lists that convert at super low percentages, that's dead and it should be. Using an auto dialer where four people don't answer and you're just spamming. No, I yeah. agree. But it's not targeted. The idea behind it is outbound is alive and well when it is targeted. And used properly. I mean, that's the other thing is like talking about it. Like, I don't think there's necessarily an issue if you have 3000 people in a cadence, like you mentioned earlier, but it's like, what is that doing? Are you trying to put a dial on 3000 people? Absolutely not. It's a terrible idea. Like you're never going to get to that level. Like if that's 3000 people in some kind of like hundred percent automated campaign that you're not touching, that it's not adding manual power from you. And it's part of the targeting play that we talked about earlier with integration, then yeah, you can funnel in high behavioral activities from that. So I think it kind of goes really, it's like, the true outbounding, like where you're just, Hey, I'm picking my phone and calling random numbers is not going to work. And it may, I mean, I think it has like one in a 100 chance. I think it's like, <laughs> like you can, you can, you'll always that. find the guy that'll come to you. Well, that worked for me yeah. <laughs> one time. Yeah, and here's right. the thing at the end of the day, it's like, how's, how do you scale that to majority of your team and your company? And how do you feed yourself and how do you keep moving forward? And how do you, how do you facilitate that important phone call? It's buying in and, and leaning into these philosophies that'll help you outbound to the fullest. And that's at the end of the day, when, when you're doing prospecting, you got to put in the work, you got to do the research, you got to make the calls and you got to remember that it's you. That's the product. You are the valuable aspect of this. You're the person that can build the relationships. You're the person that can get engaged. You just have to find the right people, get them organized, right? Get them primed so that when you make that call, it lands really well. And so, you know, we really appreciate you coming, Derek. You're awesome. And I think it was a great conversation for us to have. Ron, as usual, wonderful. We appreciate our listeners. You can find The Sales Prescription on LinkedIn at The Sales Prescription. We've got a page. If you guys want to reach out to us, you need help. Like a lot of things we're talking about, you know, you might be in an organization where your outbound is not working. You might be in an organization where things aren't functioning. Just reach out to us. We'll help you. We're happy to talk to you about things. We're happy to, to engage with you in some different consulting engagements or whatever we can do to help you be successful. We want you to win. You know, we, we care about our listeners. We care about you and your success because these principles are phenomenal and they can help you and your organization to be successful. So continue to like us, share us, you know, go ahead and go on the, on the podcast, rate us. And we appreciate the time. And then Derek, how do people find you? Find me on LinkedIn. 
Connect and sell. Connect and sell to there. Five paragraphs at a time, preferably. Keep it short. Say hi. He loves encyclopedia articles. Yes, my favorite. Make sure you start with alphabet A. But yeah, please go ahead and add me on LinkedIn. Message me directly and ask for anything. And I'm more than willing to share any insight I can on some of these campaigns. All right. Well, everybody, thank you very much. Thanks, everybody. 